Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Face Yoga Expert podcast. And once again, I am chatting to someone truly inspirational, full of knowledge and full of amazing takeaways. And I always want this podcast to be packed full of those takeaways. So those actionable tips that you can put into place straight away. And although we're not always specifically talking about face yoga exercises here on the Face Yoga Expert podcast, it's really about holistic well-being and this benefits our face, our mind, our body and our soul. And today is really no exception because I am chatting to the lovely Gillian McMichael who is a transformational coach. She works a lot with energy, Reiki, meditation and she really guides us through her personal story, how she transformed her own life, how she now helps others to transform theirs. And it's such a great time to have this podcast quite early on in 2023 because I think it's going to just help you get clearer on the way you want to go forward when it comes to your goals or as Gillian often calls them intentions for 2023. So I know you're going to love this episode and if you get a few moments even just pause the episode now if you can and particularly if you are listening to this on your Apple phone or on your iPad pad, go to your iTunes where you're listening to this. And if you could write just a few lines of a review and give it five stars, it really just does take a few seconds, but it means such a lot for the podcast. It really means that I can tell what you guys are enjoying. It's really good for iTunes to actually be able to see which podcasts are performing well. So if you could take a few moments to do that, that would be amazing. And also please do share when you're listening to an episode. So pop it on Instagram, Face Yoga Expert, and let me know where are you listening to the podcast. Take a picture of it and I can reshare that because I love to visualize where you're enjoying these episodes. I know many of you are doing it whilst you're walking or you're driving or you're tidying your house or doing your exercise, whatever it is you're doing. But I know there's some really cool things that you're doing as well. Someone's recently told me that she does it while she paints. Somebody else has told me she does it while she's on her exercise bike. So I know that this podcast can be done whilst, as we multitasking women often do, a few things at once. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode with Gillian. Gillian, a warm welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you doing today? I'm really well, thank you. And thanks so much for having me on your, your kind of podcast. It's amazing. Really excited to be here. Very excited to have you here. And there's so much I want to delve into. And I think actually this is the perfect time to do this podcast because I feel like everyone's in the spirit of the new year, fresh starts. And as we both know, you can have fresh starts and, you know, <laughs> set goals at any time in the year. But definitely there's that energy around at the moment. Yeah, so I think that it's going to be a really nice time for us just to look at how we can set goals and and intentions and how we can do that so they're going to last the year and beyond that as well and Amazing. before we get into that I'd love to know a little bit about your own personal transformation because I know that that was a big part in you going down this path and you becoming a coach and of course you do Reiki and lots of other holistic modalities so perhaps you could talk through where it first started 
Yeah, sure. So kind of rewind most probably to 2003. Um, I was most probably at a crossroads in my career. I was working in human resources for a big organization and I just felt a little lost and I wasn't quite sure where I was heading. I loved my job, really enjoyed working with people, but I knew that there was something more out there, but I wasn't quite sure what that was. And, and then out of the blue, I saw a tiny little advert in the newspaper because the internet wasn't actually out then properly. Um, <laughs> showing my age now, but um, anyway, a tiny little advert and it said train to be a life coach and I thought I was always immediately drawn and investigated and then I just decided to train and then after that I decided to you know kind of dip my toe in the water and set up my a small practice and then that just grew and grew and grew and and then I suppose that went on really quite smoothly for about seven years and then the recession hit in 2009 and at that time as well I was going through a really tricky time with my ex-husband and uh, basically within a, a period of 12 months, I lost everything, my home, my car, uh, my business, um, everything. And um, I really needed to start all over again. The only thing that was left, which I'm very grateful for, was my my son and a few suitcases. And so, you know, we just literally had to start all over again and, and to rebuild. And I suppose that most probably was my big wake-up call in terms of really understanding who I was or and what I wanted, but more to the point, what, you know, what, what was my future going to look and feel like? And I suppose at that point, that's when I, I you know, I continued to coach, um, but I started to coach in a much deeper way, in a much more transformational way. Um, and that's when I started to learn Reiki and Ayurvedic living and practices and meditation and mindfulness and yoga and, and really kind of invested in my own I suppose spiritual journey and in, in some ways um to get my to, I suppose to heal heal me from what had happened. Um, but in that process, um, I decided to to become a trainer in all of those and try to to master them as, as much as I could. And and I found that that now has been a really great rewarding journey because it means I can bring that into my practice when I'm working with my clients now and helping them overcome their own obstacles and barriers to to their success. Absolutely. And I think when you've walked that walk yourself, it's so much easier to connect with other people and have empathy with what they're going through. And how did those tools that you had gathered before you went through that really difficult period help you through it? Yeah, it's a very good question. I mean, I, I think the key thing for me was to try not to get caught up in too much of the emotional drama of what was happening around me very easily easy to say than actually to do because there were moments when I did fall into that victim mindset and mentality and why is this happening to me and I was cross and angry about all the things that happened but but actually when you went when I took stock and I took a moment to breathe and I think that's one of the things that really did help me was just to take that step back press the pause button and just take a moment to reflect. You know, I, I realized then that I could use my coaching skills and that's exactly what I did. I used my coaching skills to set myself a goal, figure out how I was going to get to A to B and, and basically had weekly and monthly actions to do that would get me from A to B. So I suppose I used what I was teaching and used what I was using with my clients and applied to my own experience into my own life. And it, and I had been coached before, you know, whilst before this had all happened, but I didn't apply. I, I don't think I was applying it in the way that I was applying it 
then, if that makes any sense. So, so it was a whole kind of deeper experience because I was really, and also what I did is I documented my journey. Um, and I suppose, and that's then what came and formed the purpose of the book that I wrote that was published last year. And, and I thought that was a really good way of me just deepening my awareness and really learning more about me as a person so that I could obviously then help others as well. That's, I mean, so inspirational. And as I'm listening to that, I'm wondering where you found that drive and that motivation, because as we all know, and we're going through difficult times, yes, we can often see light at the end of the tunnel. And yes, we may have built up tools and strategies that we can use. But actually, sometimes the just getting through the day part can be challenging enough, yeah. let alone setting daily and monthly intentions and goals. Where do you think that drive came from? Is it something you think you've always had? Do you think it was something you were born with? Or do you think that moment he gave you almost that fuel to, to move forward and make a new life for yourself and your son? Yeah, I, I think it's I, I think most probably deep down, there's always been a determination within me as a person. I think from being a very little girl, you know, I I, I kind of did have quite a lot to get up and go. But I have to be honest, you know, I, I felt a huge amount of shame and humiliation about what happened. Um, having to start all over again was really, really big. And you're right. Some days it was difficult to get through. And on top of that, you know, I was left with a there was a debt of about £97,000 that also had to be paid off. So there was a huge amount of pressure from all directions. And I felt, to be quite frank, I, I mean, the biggest failure ever. But what I started to do, though, was realise that I, well, I suppose at the end of the day, I didn't have much of a choice. It was either sink or swim, you know, realistically. Do I survive or do I just sink? And I thought there's absolutely no way. I'm going to sink. And because also I had my son who was only six years old at the time, that was a really big motivation to, you know, create a life for us both and to get ourselves back on track and make things work. So there was that added driver there. But I think what came quickly, and it was interesting because one of my friends said to me, you know, out of everything of all of this, you know, do you still feel you can do your job well? Do you still feel you have a lot to offer the world? And the answer was yes. And I think that was the, it was a really good moment for me to recognize that in all of what was going on, I still could one, learn from this myself, but two, I could still help others if I was to help myself first. And I think that also was a really big turning point for me. It was that recognition that actually I do have the resources within me and I can do this if I want. And so I suppose I made that choice to make it happen, you know, and that's that's what I did. And that's wonderful. And it sounds also like you felt that there was a deeper purpose, almost bigger than you as well. You know, yeah. you had that drive not only to help yourself and your son, but to share this with other people going through other things. And from yeah. what I see you do daily at the moment, it seems like it is driven by something very deep within you, a real purpose of wanting to yeah. heal and wanting to help other people. Yeah, I would say that's true. I mean, it's it's interesting. What just came as you were talking, there was this memory of me laying, lying on my bed when I was a younger girl, you know, thinking there's something here that I'm meant to do, but I couldn't quite figure out what it was. And I have to be honest, up until losing everything, I, I was on a good path. You know, I was, I was, I had a training, a coach training school. I was coaching. I was doing all these things, but the, the purpose most probably wasn't as clear 
you know, it kind of was a job. I was doing a good job and I was enjoying it. And I was loving my work. But I think until I lost everything, I think that was a really big wake up call. And, I, and I'm sure you believe in this too. I'm sure some of your listeners will as well. But I, I'm a firm believer that you know, sometimes you just need to get that kick up the backside from the universe to say, mm-hmm. wake up. There is something bigger here for you to do and to figure that out. And and I think that was, again, I, I just needed to have faith that there was something bigger here for me to to do. and and. And I have gone on and done that since. So yes, yeah, so I suppose it's trusting, trusting that sense of feeling deep within that maybe there's there's something here for you to to do. Yeah, absolutely is. And something I love that you talk about a lot in your work is intentions. I know you talk about yeah. goals as well. Yeah. Was it more intentions you felt like you were setting during that time rather than goals? And if so, maybe you could explain the difference between the two. Sure. Yeah. Very good question. It was absolutely intentions because I think for me. A goal is great because a goal gets you from A to B. It gives you that clarity. It gives you that kind of end point. It's like an outcome, right? I need to, so I want to get here or I want to achieve this. But what I needed to do actually was go beyond the goal because the goal was just the external output of something that I wanted to achieve. Um, and so I think with intentions, well, the reason why I set intentions, because I actually wanted to shift from doing to being So I wanted to move beyond the just do, do, do to get to that end result and actually to think about, actually, I need to bring these intentions more into line with how I want to live my life. What do I stand for? What my purpose is, how I can truly show up in my world and do the work I'm meant to be doing. And so the intentions felt more meaningful and much more closer to maybe purpose or that type of but that type of way of being rather than just doing and just achieving yeah absolutely and as you said that it turned 11 11 so I feel like <laughs> that's a sign that for all the of moment. us that actually <laughs> intentions particularly you know as I said at the beginning it's the new year and yeah. we are all setting these goals actually perhaps if we switch that and look at doing intentions it does in some way feel lighter it feels more aligned it yeah. feels deeper and it sort of doesn't have that fear attached yes. to it. I think sometimes goals have a lot of fear you know will I achieve this yeah. or we feel like we have to do 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 as you said in order to get there whereas yeah. an intention is much more of a feeling and an embodiment yes and a being and I think that for me even just hearing you say that then really is so powerful and I'm sure many of my listeners are going to feel this as well and I know you often talk about that we can use four key steps in order to transform our life transform our mindset in four months or six months yeah I'd love you to take us through the process that you use that personally and that you use with your clients to to really make those big transformations that sometimes we need yeah. So I suppose I use these um, things called what I call them the four soul questions. Um, and for me, they were very profound when I started asking these questions to myself. And the first one is, is who am I? Now, that's a, it's a massive question to answer. Um, and it took me a very long time to get there. I hope it doesn't take others the same amount of time as it took me, but it took me a long time to get there because I was so caught up 
which I think most probably many of us find ourselves in, is the roles, the labels that that we accommodate, the things that, you know, the, the past conditioning that we think we should be behaving in a particular way, we should be saying things in a particular way. And so it took me quite a bit of time to unravel and unpack all of that stuff. But once I did, and I got to that question of the, the who am I, it gave me permission just to show up genuinely as my true self, not the roles, not the labels, but just as me as Gillian, just the ordinary Gillian who is passionate about this and passionate about that. And she can just be who she wanted to be um, or who she is actually, who she should be, not rather than what she thinks she should be. Um, and I think finding out who you are, it's, it's a difficult question, but it, it what it does, it raises self-awareness. It gets you to know yourself a little bit more than perhaps you might have done before. And it gets you to genuinely, like I said, peel away those labels and roles that you've been playing to just stand there and think, okay, so who am I? You know, what am I all about? But then the second question was, well, what do I want? Because I think, and I think this is very intentional based. What do I want rather than the goal? What do I want? Which is less. So, so for me, it was not materialistic at all. It wasn't about earning loads of money. It wasn't about any of that stuff that would be associated with materialistic. It was genuinely a way of living and a way of being. And so that what what do I want was was that question again that took me a bit of time to get to, but it was really more around, well, how do I want to be living my life? How do I want to be showing up in my life? Um, and that was a really useful exercise to do. And then finally, what's my purpose? Because I think, you know, we are, my belief is that we're all born here for a reason. And it might not be to change the world. It might not be to be do anything majorly radical. But I think it's about how do I live my life on purpose? So I have purpose within what I do. So I have purposeful relationships. I have purposeful conversations. I have purposeful work, you know, and, and it, it's that type of thing when I'm meaning more around purpose. You don't necessarily have to go and be, you know, kind of a, a scientist or, a, you know, or so, or something that's, that's going to change the world. But it's about how do you use your time wisely, using your strengths, your gifts, your talents, and seeing not only if they can serve you, but actually can they serve others as well. And I found that a very, really liberating process to go through. And then finally, the other thing is, is which I'm sure is very similar to intentions, is, is showing gratitude, is, is really making sure that you have that attitude of gratitude, which is when things start to rise and you follow those processes and you get the answers to those questions, that you then start to appreciate and acknowledge as and when those things start to happen for you. It's such a powerful process. And as you're saying that, I'm wondering how, and I know for me, this is a daily journey, but I'm wondering how you decipher the difference between soul, soul purpose, soul feeling and ego. Yeah. So that side of us that thinks we want certain things or thinks we should be certain things versus actually, again, similar to that goals versus intentions, you know, that side of us that feels very sort of grounded and at peace yeah. and, and unconditional love. Do you have a personal way that you sort of decipher between the two? Because I think that's quite an important process when, when doing those four steps you talked about. Yeah, I would agree with that completely. Absolutely. Um, I think for me, I always check in with where my answers are coming from. Um, and I know that if I'm in my head, then it's my ego, mainly. 
Now, of course, we have to analyze things and we weigh up things and we weigh the pros and cons. So you can't necessarily always just, you know, kind of make your decisions off feelings. Um, but I would say that I am more of a, a gut feeling person as a whole anyway. And so I would always ask, well, you know, where am I? Am I thinking? Am I feeling? Or am I going to my place of knowing, which I would describe as my belly, as my gut? And so for me, I would you know, a simple thing, just kind of, you know, do some breathing, connect with, you know, your breath, connect with yourself, hand on your belly, one hand on your heart can always be helpful. But for me, I went to what do I know versus what do I think or feel? And I think when I got caught up in the thinking, that was very much led by the ego, which is in its way is is there for a reason. It's there to protect us and keep us safe. But actually, it also gives us those more maybe negative or limiting messages um, and doesn't necessarily always give us the the permission in many ways to go and get what we really truly believe we should be doing. And I think when you go to that place of knowing, then you can't really argue with yourself. There's no debating. It's It's what you know. And I think if you can trust yourself in that place, and you can really connect with yourself in that way, then it, for me, it it made those answers more easier to find. Uh, they weren't easy to find, but easier to find and easier to connect with. And then I thought, actually, you know, I'm going to pay attention more to, you use the word embodiment, to how I feel and how that's showing up within me. And in Ayurvedic practices, and one of when I, when I was taught years ago how to be an Ayurvedic practitioner, uh, the simple it's really simple, actually. They say to you, make your decisions on how you feel. Does it feel, ah, uh, like yummy, or does it feel yucky, like, ugh, you know, and, and actually start to pay attention more to that feeling. And if you know, if it feels like hard work, really difficult, really challenging, then there's something not right. But if it's more in flow, then maybe you're on the right path. Yes, I love that. And that feeling of sort of yummy versus yucky is so simple, but it's actually so powerful. And again, I think there's a lot of fear wrapped up in that, because as you were saying that, I was actually thinking about something which I've been trying to consider. And suddenly, as you said, I thought, oh, that thing does feel yucky. But then the fear comes in and the ego comes in and you start to think, but if I don't do that, I may let people down. Or if I don't do that, I may be losing that bit of money. Or if I don't do that, I may be not as safe within what I'm doing. So there's a whole sort of healing process within it. You know, once we start to decipher the difference between the soul and the ego talking or the feeling and the thinking, we then have to be able to work through those fears and, and, and have that sort of daily healing journey really I don't know about you but I don't think healing's ever a thing that you finish the more I realize you know I've been doing this work nearly 20 years now and the more I heal the more layers I work through the more I discover and and then daily things change as well you know I think well particularly as women we're we're definitely sort of cyclical beings so we definitely have those cycles Um, and then there's lots of other cycles within our within our environments within our within our planet, within everything. So is there a way that you sort of start to work through that fear? So when you do say, okay, that feels yucky. Yeah. What do you then do to, I guess, pop the fear to one side or acknowledge the fear and, and start to move through it? 
And I think that's the most probably the answer, actually, is I think it's very difficult because fear was with me and still is, and it still crops up, like you just described as well, even though you think, oh, I've done so much work on myself, here we go. And then next minute, there's always something else there. So I don't think fear actually ever really goes away. But the one thing I've come to accept is that fear is only in the mind. It is a, it is a state of mind. And if you feed that fear, it will become bigger. But if you accept and acknowledge, okay, this doesn't feel right. I'm a bit out of my comfort zone. I'm nervous. I'm apprehensive. If you acknowledge those feelings and say, actually, I don't like how I feel, or I'm frightened of failing or frightened of success, whatever the fear might be, I think it's good to acknowledge and say it out loud. And then for me, I'm a, I like a good journal and a notebook and pad, notebook and pen. <laughs> and so for me, I would write down, okay, so what's the worst that could happen? What happens if I don't do this versus what happens if I do? And so I kind of take the, so I then use my mind, the brain to help me figure out in some ways, if I, if I am feeling that fear is getting or clouding my judgment, getting in the way or clouding my judgment, I would then put pen to paper. And I think it's one of those things about trial and error, because I think you have to start to learn, and this comes with time, to trust yourself and to believe in yourself. And I think certainly for me, um, I'm sure it's similar for others as well, but for me in all of this, even from, even though I knew there was something bigger for me, I still had self-doubt, you know, self-doubt always crept in. And was I really worthy? Could I do this? Could I pull this off? Could I, was I ever going to be good enough to do this? And I think what I learned, which you'll be familiar with through the yoga work that you do and everything else that you do is that once you um, release the expectation of yourself and others, um, or release the expectations as a whole, then you give yourself permission to be okay with actually, this is a learning journey and I will go with the flow a little bit more. Can't always do that because we have to earn money and we have to work and all these kind of things, but, and we have responsibilities. But I think if you can try to let go of the expectations as much as possible and just be present with it, then it's a lot easier to overcome the fear and to leave it behind. I mean, it might still be with you, but it doesn't have to be in the forefront. You can start to learn to manage it. And that's one of the things I think through meditation and mindfulness actually is to try, you know, your mind will never ever be fully quiet, but you can learn to quieten it down and to be more present rather than thinking about the past or the future or the worries and the concerns. Is just think, okay, well, what's happening now? What's within my gift? What can I do right now that is going to help me take that next step rather than being engulfed by that fear? Absolutely. I completely agree. And you mentioned there about meditation and mindfulness. Are there any other wellness practices, any sort of daily routines or rituals which you use to help you with your inner work, your outer work personally, professionally? Yeah. So I, obviously I would normally kick off my day with meditation. First thing in the morning, I would do some stretching. I would do some yoga or some sort of mindful movement kind of exercise. And then I, I, go back to the word intention, I would set, I always set my intention for the day. So how am I going to be today? How do I want to show up today? And how do I want people to experience me? Those are the two things I tend to, and I will either journal or I will just say that out loud, but I've been working on, you know, I, I have four intentions that um, I say to myself every morning I'll share with them, which is I am truth. I am um, beauty. I am freedom. I am love. And, and 
those meanings change depending on how I'm feeling and things like that. Um, but I try to use those man- those kind of mantra based intentions every day just to allow myself to get, you know, to fully arrive to the moment and to fully arrive to the day. Um, and then I think throughout the day, because sometimes you get caught up, you can have a really difficult conversation. You know, you might have some family challenge. Children might be, you know, playing up or whatever, and you could just get a bit frazzled and frustrated. I would try, and I don't do this as much as I should do, as much as I preach, but it's something that is on my intention list uh, for this year, is to just take smaller breaks throughout the day and just take some moments to breathe, whether that's either to get myself outside in fresh air, and even if it means just standing at the front door for five minutes, or whether it means to go out for a walk, or just to sit and just take some deep breaths, just to I I call it reversing back into myself, (laughs) you know, because you get kind of caught up and you get drawn away from the day, uh, drawn away from yourself to kind of just kind of reverse myself back into myself just for a moment and then think, right, okay, I can move on now with the rest of my day. I I don't know whether that helps. Yeah, that helps a lot. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) It's very, I mean, it's very interesting listening to your routine because I always find it so intriguing about what everybody needs and what a sort of and how they build that within their day and their routine. But B, I just think it's really important just to say those little small breaks throughout the day are so powerful because we do often think we have, and this goes back to that whole new year, new you, which is quite a toxic vibe in many ways. But we often think it has to be, okay, we have to go to the gym for an hour every morning. We have to do this, we have to do that. Okay, how can we just strip that back a little bit? Yes. And exactly what you said there, open your front door and breathe for a couple yep. of minutes. That in itself can be a wonderful practice, a wonderful intention to set in the day. And I think also the more we can go into asking ourselves what we need in that moment and what we need yep. in that day, because I think if we set ourselves up with a goal, so to speak, that we're going to go to the gym every day, well, actually, our body's not going to feel no. like it wants to go to the gym every day. Our bodies are not designed to go to the gym every day, particularly as women, again, going back to those cycles that we have. Have. So Absolutely. without a doubt, I think one of the most powerful things you just said there are those, well, I mean, so many powerful things you said, but those little moments yeah. are so key. Yeah. And finally, I would love to ask you if you could share with all my listeners one top tip for inner peace, what would that be? Become your own best friend. That's amazing. <laughs> that's great. Yes. And I think that's all about that self-care, that self-love and that self-gratitude as well. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So learn to become your own best friend, because I think we forget to treat ourselves with the same level of compassion, kindness and care. You know, and I think back, would I treat my friends sometimes the way that I've treated myself? Absolutely not. And Gillian, I would love you to just let us know where we can get in contact with you, follow everything you do, and also get your amazing new book as well. Thank you. So yeah, so if you want to find me, you can look at my website, which is www.gillianmcmichael.com. You can also reach out on Instagram. I'm at the, at the Master Coach and also Gillian McMichael. And if you want to get my book, Coming Home, A Guide to Being Your True Self, then you can get that on Amazon. And at the end of this month it'll be available on audiobook as well thank you so much so lovely to talk to you you too thank you very much so i hope you've enjoyed this episode if you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher just head to our website faceyogaexpert.com for more information 
If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.